subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Before we get to more Pittman, let's get to some text. David and Alma ask a fair question. Why did it take a six-game losing streak to realize the kids did not want to play for Danny Nose? I don't think it took a six-game losing streak to realize that this wasn't going to necessarily work. I just think that pushed it to a threshold that there was no coming back from, Well, especially in a situation when you're in a bye week and all. Exactly. So let's look at the schedule. And if you're going to make a change of this nature, you, um, you, you do it when you have more time to prepare for it. So I think the bye week was the perfect opportunity to make these changes. I think if the bye week had happened a week ago, maybe you'd made the change a week ago. I don't know that. Only Sam Pittman can, can really clue you in on that. But things, things I guess reached its peak of, of, of poor performance on Saturday with uh, just three points and no offensive uh, uh, numbers to speak of. BG and Rogers taking the negative vantage point this morning. He's saying it's too little, too late. If you're, Hunter Juracek keeps saying Pittman, it shows him and the athletics department is not serious about having a winning football program. And that's BG a stance that you're not the only one that has taken. Not just this morning, but the last day or so. I heard it on Hog Reaction with myself and Derek, and I heard it yesterday during Monday's show. I think what you and so many others are frustrated with is when you see so many other sports on this campus having national success, right? Like having legitimate national elite, in some cases, success. And... The football team is so far and away from that at that point. I mean, 2021 was great, right? Nine wins in football, elite eight in basketball, and then also, again, in baseball, you made it to the College World Series where you're a game away from the College World Series final. So that's, again, a situation I'm just as frustrated with you with. Again, I don't think at this point in time you need to fire Sam Pittman. I don't think that's the right move at this point. If they lose out the rest of the way, I'm subjugated to to change my opinion opinion on that. Or I'm subject to change my opinion on that. I don't want you to be subjugated. Yeah, not there. subjugated. Yeah. Excuse me. Are you going to head back to the phones? I thought that was rhetorical. Yeah, sure. Okay. Jr. Uh, has dialed us up. Jr. You're first. Jr. Good morning. Yeah, hit it. Good morning. How are we doing this morning, fellas? We're good. How, how are you? Hey, listen, listen, I'm a. I listen to you guys every morning, five days a week. I've never called in, but, you know, Sam Pittman, I think, is going to do us a good job down the road. Uh, this Danny knows I'm a fan of Danny, but it didn't fit for us. Uh, I, I really believe we've seen uh, KJ quit last week. Uh, I think the frustration got to this team. Uh, we can't go down and play like this and, 
and come back, go to Alabama and play like this, and then come back and do this. Uh, I think the man will get it straightened out. Uh, I think we had a bad offensive coordinator that didn't hit KJ. KJ needs to be in that RPO. Uh, I love this team. I love listening to you guys. Uh, I think these boys will get her back on track. And I hope he comes back next year to show us what he can do. And uh, that's all I got. All right. Hey, Thank you. JR, real quick before you go, are you talking about KJ or are you talking about Sam at the end? I'm talking about both of them. I'd okay. like to see them all back next year. Okay. All right. So, go ahead. The only thing I'd take exception, I, I hate the word quit when it comes to athletes because I think of all the things you can accuse guys of being, the one word that every athlete I've ever been around that they don't want to be associated with is quitter. Now, did KJ have a horrible day on Saturday? Yes. But when you say quit, that means not coming back. If I quit here, I'm not coming back, right? If you quit, we're not we're not doing this no more. I don't think that's where we're at with KJ. And I, you know, I don't want to get into to the dictionary here, but semantics. I think, well, I don't think it's semantics at all because I think the one thing when you talk to any athlete, current or or former. You use the word quit, you can call them a lot of things. You can use the worst terms. You can holler the, the nastiest things from the stands. Don't call them quitter. That, 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 that's to any competitor at anything, the word quit is uh, maybe the most egregious uh, accusation you can throw at them. And I want to play this sound by before we go back to the Macari Daniel hotline. So, again, the meshing of Enos and KJ. Listen to how particular Sam Pittman is with these words when it comes to describing the offense not working and them simplifying it? Well, the system was really good. I mean, it was a really good system. And like I say, Dan's a really good football coach. We just didn't click in it. You know, when he came from Maryland, they had great success over there in their offenses. But I do think that we've got to allow KJ to take some of the things off his plate that we were obviously trying to teach him for now and for his future. But we need to take those things off his plate because he's not playing fast and he's not as accurate throwing the football as what he has been in the past. And some of those things have to be mental and and we've got to take some things off his plate as well. Here's what I hear from that. They were trying to, again, prepare him for the National Football League with various things that they implemented this season. He didn't adapt to him. He wasn't receptive to him at that point. So they're just going back to, to RPO and some of the stuff that he, he's better at at this point in time. And if it starts working again and clicking, then you're happy and excited. I Again, I don't know KJ's prospects in the National Football League. I would guess by this season they're probably not that good. But that's what I took away from that soundbite. He's he's not if the draft was next weekend. He's not getting drafted. He may get a free agency shot. A lot of get, he's not getting drafted. So you know his future is very much in question. And and when it comes to you know adapting to to the Eno system, uh, they didn't put him in areas of strength for KJ. And that's really the job of a coach. Is all right. Here's what my players and here's what my offense are good at. Let's put them in areas of success. I think that's where Eno's failed more than anything is not putting KJ consistently in areas that made him and this offense look good. Give Kendall Bryles credit. He kept KJ out of trouble for a couple of years. He knew how to hide the weaknesses, mask those problems with the passing game, and accentuate the running game. Put him in the RPO situations. Get him on the edge and make the defender make a, a decision. Those were the things Kendall Bryles did well for all of 
for all the heat he took on the trick plays, and I gave him some because I don't think direct snaps to the tight end would would really be something that would succeed in this league. But, but you know, Kendall Bryles did a really good job of putting KJ in his best light and in the best moments he could be in with the play calling and the offense that was around him. All right, we got a full call sheet right here. All right, Tommy, this one's a tricky one. Jacksonville. Jacksonville has since changed its mascot. It changed it back in 2016. That's where Rob is this morning. What is Jacksonville's mm, new mascot? I don't know. On line two. He is, it's the Titans. The Titans. used to be the Red Devils. I knew the that. The North Pulaski Falcons. It's the Titans. Welcome the North into the Pulaski Falcons. I yeah. didn't know that either. Rob, welcome into the program, man. Oh, you got the wrong, you got the wrong Jacksonville, brother. This is the real Jacksonville. Oh, Florida. 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 Okay. <laughs> up, bro? I don't know the Jacksonville High School in Florida. Uh, there's about 15 of them. Hey, bud. So, uh, just giving you a call. I uh, just wanted to holler you guys for a second. Uh, you know, the Hogs coming down here to Florida uh, next weekend. Uh, what I, I love the way uh, Travis Williams has a defense flying. They play with inspiration. They play with passion. They play with a sense of urgency. So, so same things I want to see on the offensive side of the ball. Play with a little more urgency. And that's where KJ last year, you know, with Browse, as much crap as I gave him, everybody else gave him. We played with a little tempo. The tempo's great when you're playing with a sense of urgency because you have to have attention to detail. Really love to see... Uh, our offense, step it up, play with some passion, play with some sense of urgency, play with some fire. Uh, and I think with a little more tempo, uh, you might be able to exploit defenses getting a little tired because our, our uh, wide receivers don't have that explosive nature right now. Uh, we don't have the receiver group uh, that's going to separate uh, in the SEC. But I think with a little quickness, I think we can exploit Florida's uh, secondary. Maybe. I'm going to pivot a second to basketball. If you look at Duke's schedule, they play Michigan State pretty much right out of the gate. Uh, if Duke goes on the run, we think they're going to go in November. Uh, and Arkansas has a great showing down in the Bahamas. You could be looking at a top-five matchup between number one-ranked Duke and potentially a top-five Arkansas. What do you guys think about uh, those prospects and how hard is it going to be able to get a ticket to that game? Well, I agree with your your first take. I think up-tempo is going to help this offense. Now, Sam Pittman's already spoken to it. If there's success, they're going to keep on doing it, and hopefully KJ has just less to think about. You don't have great wide receivers. I do think Andrew Armstrong's underrated. There's been so many times this season he's been open, and he just hasn't gotten the football because there hasn't been time to get it to it. To your point about Duke, Duke right now is AP number two. And I think they're probably going to end up at AP number one at some point. Hopefully it's when they walk in. And like you said, hopefully Arkansas takes care of business early at that point. And yep. it is a top five match. And it's going to be an impossible ticket. It's hardest yeah. t- ticket to get since UNLV came in here. Let me go back to what he talked about with tempo. And I do agree this offense needs to introduce a little more tempo like they had last year. But you think you have the offensive line and the personnel, the depth there right now to run a ton of tempo? I. I think that's the, that's got to be part of the consideration of how and when and how much because I don't know that this O line can, you know, how how much of your offense can be tempo. That, that that the O line gives me a lot of doubt about that. Well, I think the the up tempo kind of not necessarily takes away, but it, if these guys are, you always have an advantage as an offense, right? It gives you more of an advantage rather than letting defense kind of get where they need to be and, and take time. Catch I think, them in a mismatch and you keep them on the field. I, I I get that. But I'm just saying you don't have a lot of depth and you don't have a lot of quality depth on this offensive line. I mean, that that's that goes without saying. So you, you don't have a lot of options if you if you wear those guys down 
over the course of 60 minutes and if you're out there for 30 or whatever you, you've got to be i think you got to be strategic about your tempo that's I'm, all i'm saying i'm willing for them to try anything because everything oh, they've too. tried at this point it has not worked definition at all. of insanity yep. i mean yeah I'm, I'm with you to hot springs we go home of the trojans and the rams where ryan is this morning ryan welcome to the program Hey, Bubba, I'm actually uh, closer to Lake Hamilton, like the... Mm. Who, who I mean, are what? Uh, who are what? Hang on, hang on, Ryan. On, he I'm wants a... to stop me. He's over here Googling these. The Lake Hamilton what, Ty? I, I can see the mascot. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you ought to know it because their is it, mascot... Is it the Wolves? There you go. Bingo Let's go. Yeah. The Wolves. Yeah. What's up, Ryan? Uh, oh, not a whole lot. You know, I just think that this, I was listening to y'all, and y'all were talking about the, uh, the six-game losing streak was the... But in all reality, though, that that's kind of a silly compliment, or uh, I... Uh, comment for uh to talk about why would we wait so long to get uh you know fired well to be fair let's look at the competition i mean you scored 31 points at at lsu a lot of years that's good enough to win you a game um you scored you you played within 24 points or 21 points or you played within three points of alabama and and had a legitimate opportunity at beating alabama has the offense been great no but at the same time, I think you also got to look at the level of competition you've been playing as well. I mean, we literally we, we talk about the level of competition that Arkansas plays and how unfair this the schedule is, and then when we don't play that good, we you know we, we get mad about it. Like we we can't have the cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we gotta have a little understanding. You're two and six, bro, and you scored three points against right, Mississippi what, State. Right here, here's my pushback. Again, I'm not disputing any of that. I'm not disputing any of that. But what I but I'm I'm just solely talking about the com, the the comment about we waited six games to fire Enos. What I'm saying is the the Mississippi State game was was worth the firing. I'm I'm not I'm not disputing any of that. But also let's not let's also not take take credit from Man Eater for, for what he's also done this year too. Is all I'm saying. Um, here, I did, I had one question too, and I'll let y'all go. If he finds a way to win a couple of these games, maybe two or three of them. One, and if one of them is Florida, does he get any credit for the first time that uh, that's done in history for going to Florida? Does that get him any kind of grace? Who, who? Talking about Pittman, right? Yes, sir. For yeah. going down to Florida, and get, does that get him any kind of grace for that being the first time in history we've never that, that we've ever done that? Absolutely. I'll yeah. hang up and listen. I'll be I'll Absolutely. be ecstatic and I'll be complimentary if they do that. I don't think they're necessarily going to, but yeah. So yeah, you'll you win that game. You're going to feel like you can win them all from there on. And Ryan. Let's call a spade a spade. LSU's defense sucks. I mean, it's the worst they've had in 20-plus years. Ole Miss's is good. Mm-hmm. A&M's is really good. Bama's is good. I can kind of see that. They didn't play for half against Bama. They were terrible against Ole Miss and terrible against Texas A&M. And then last week, when you finally happen, had an opportunity to play a unit that's given up 30 points a game, a unit that's top 90, outside the top 90 in most statistical categories, I'm referring to Mississippi State, you muster three points, zero in the second half. You can't do that as an offensive coordinator in an SEC school. Well, too often Arkansas plays to their level of competition. Clearly their offense did not play to the same level they did against Alabama. I mean, because I think you just laid it out. Mississippi State's defense is not as good as Alabama's. We all agree. Uh, we don't need to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. Arkansas has got to get out of this habit where they seem to want to play to their level of competition continuously. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So plenty of SEC news to react to this weekend. What did you, what did you think of the, the slate, including Missouri once again? Looking pretty solid. That might be the best, second best team in the SEC East. Bruce. He, you know, we were talking about him maybe not being employed. Uh, in the preseason, we talked a lot of things preseason, which kind of sounds stupid now. But yeah, Drinkwitz, coach of the year, has to no be. No question. Yep. Has to be. And, you know, Luther Burden third, you know, that guy can catch a football. He's a dude. They can throw it to him. They're very balanced. Uh, they are probably, I'd say Drinkwitz, the only thing he's made a mistake on this year is he took away tempo at the end of the LSU game and tried to get a little cute with the clock. And uh, that probably cost him that game. Outside of that, he's been perfect this year. Do uh, they get Georgia? I think that's week 10. They got a shot against a Brock Bowerless Georgia team. Yeah, right. And they go to Athens they, that game. They did last year. I mean, that, they, they, they were up in the fourth quarter. They were. I think they do. And they're coming off a bye this week. So Missouri's off. Georgia plays uh, Florida, obviously. Arkansas plays Florida the following week. Those are interesting games on the back end of, of the cocktail party. You know, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people were thinking Drinkwitz was going to get fired at the end of the year. Is he going to play himself and do an even bigger job now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if things don't go well at Arkansas, everybody knows his roots. I've already heard, I think, people prematurely bring that name up. But would that be a name that Arkansas would, would target? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a premature conversation. But, you know, his roots are in Crawford it's, County. It's a lesser job. I don't think it's the last no, job. I don't, I don't not think nationally. That's not right. East, Man, is, it, it, East is easier. He's it, got the high school. He's yeah, got the high the, schools. He's got St. Louis. He's got Kansas I mean, City. Just because Missouri's beating Arkansas a few times, that doesn't mean it's better. Arkansas's a, program is better than from, Missouri's. From a coaching standpoint, take your, as you always like to say, Tommy, take your Razorback sunglasses off for a sec. There is not a coach out there that would look at both jobs and say, 
the Arkansas job is a better situation for me. You have had success in Columbia since you joined the SEC. Last 10 years, Arkansas has not had a bit of success okay. for the do, most part. Do you really want to coach at a school that has rocks in the end zone? I Listen. Seriously. White, I know what I like rocks. being yeah. an Arkansas guy, but I'm just telling you what coaches out there would say do, on does this. Does somebody paint those rocks? How, how does that work? And who puts them there? Is that a job in Missouri? Lots of questions. I don't have all those answers. I mean, if you have rocks in your end zone, you're, you're not you a power why, five school. Right, because you don't have seats in your end zone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yet they keep kicking our tail. We've never won at Fairfield. We can make jokes all we want. Role, but, we can whatever. We can make jokes all we want. Hots, Missouri. I, I don't think they're an SEC school, but they've got a better record, and you beat them twice since you joined the SEC, and you've never won in Columbia, Missouri. It's a I mean, what's your beef Wednesday tomorrow? But this idea that Eli Drinkowitz would even remotely consider coming to Fayetteville, if you offer that opportunity, if something ever happened here with Pittman. It's an egregious take. It will never happen, ever. It shouldn't but even you, be contemplated. I just want to be clear. You don't actually believe Missouri's program is a better program. Coaches look at that job I, right I now in 2023, and the answer is yes. I think the record's better, I would say, program-wise. I mean, when you talk about program, you talk about fan support, facilities, university history. support. No, that's, that's not a better program. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 and I don't even think it's really a close conversation. So We have to, again, what we thought about a program in 1980 or 90 or 60 or 70, it doesn't matter now in 2023. It doesn't. It does not remotely matter. Arkansas in today's day and age is not a great job to a lot of different coaches out there. It's not our perception. The only thing we should care about is what coaches think about this program and players. And right now, Arkansas doesn't have a lot going well, for them right now. Well, you better now. include boosters in that because that's how you fund your NIL. And that's what coaches care about more than all those other things you just listed. John, question one is not how much are you going to pay me. What's, what's the terms of my buyout? Question one when interviewing the AD is how much money do I have available in my NIL to go to the portal and to go get kids? And that that's – you won't fix the program. You won't fix problems. Go get you a consistent $12, $15 million that you got for your football program, and that's how you become competitive quickly. Do you? And that there's 100% what you just said is true. Do you think Arkansas is going to have an easier or tougher time with boosters after this season to convince them to put in aisle money in the fund? Well, I mean, sometimes when you identify, hey, we have a real problem and a real need, that's when people step up the most. I don't know the answer to that because I don't have millions of dollars to, to pour into that. But I wish we some, did, somewhere, we? somewhere you got to find that because that's... That's the secret sauce to being a competitive program today. It's not stadium size. It's not. It's still about recruiting bases near your campus within 350 miles because that still matters because not everybody's coming out of the portal. But your NIL funding matters. It's either one or two on the list of things that are important to building your program today. And who do you think is in a better situation when it comes to NIL? Is it the state of Missouri, which has better laws where you can pay kids out of high school if they commit to an in-state school or is it Arkansas right now that does not have that? Who's in a better situation? It's Missouri. Well, but the kids that you really need to have the money for are the ones coming out of the portal right now. Yeah, you're right on that. I think it's a combination, but then you also got a kid like Ryan Wingo, five-star, and some of the other guys in St. Louis and KC that are outstanding players that are electing to go to well, Missouri. Yeah. And we just talked about Luther Burden a second ago. Yeah. When's the last time Arkansas had a Luther Burden receiver from in-state? Yeah, Burks would be the last one of that. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the demise. If you got some thoughts on this, you can jump in on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. We will get to those. But for now, 
Let's get into our Pradco Pyramid of Power. Who are the best football teams in the SEC? SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. All right, Tommy, what you got for the top well, six? Got too many buys that have been going on. We're going to get yeah. through that. And that the, the problem with the buys is it leads to the lack of movement. We get stagnant a little bit in the top six. We're going to get through that in the next week or two, but we got more buys in the top uh, six again this week. Georgia Tennessee was, took care of the stagnancy. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee. But there wasn't a lot of movement because we had too many teams that were on buys, including Georgia, who was on a buy last Saturday. They get Florida this week, but Georgia's still at the top. They're 7-0. and They're 4-0 in league play. They're number one in the country. They're a 14.5-point favorite on the Bet Saracen app against the Florida Gators. That game's at 2.30 on Saturday. Georgia at the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Alabama stays at number two. They had a win over Tennessee this weekend. I'll say that softly, Bruce, 34 to 20. But they're on a bye this week before they play LSU. 7 and 1, 5 and 0 oh in the league, number nine in the country. Ole Miss beat Auburn 28 21. More competitive than I thought it would be. Ole Miss still covered. They're kind of on a bye again this week. They play Vandy at 6 30 on Saturday night. Look for Ole Miss to be 7 and 1, 4 0 oh in the league. Van, or Ole Miss a 25 and a half point favorite. I don't know if they cover that necessarily. But uh, Ole Miss, number three in the Pradco Pyramid of Power. I agree with your top three. It's been that way for several weeks. Uh, you know, the thing about the Bama game, Wyan and I were watching in Little Rock before we went to Hendrick, to the Hendricks game at War Memorial to watch Slate play, and we won 50-49 to 49 yeah. over Rose College, by the way. But Bama, I, I, it was 20-7 to 7 when we left the TV. And I didn't get to see it anymore, so it's probably my fault we lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I was checking in and out on that game, and I was I was stunned in the first half, and then stunned to see the final. The I, the I was I was stunned. We went for it, you know, on the goal line with nine seconds left and no timeouts. And when Heupel did that, and we made it, I was like, we might win this game. That was one of the best catches I've seen all year. Squirrel wide yeah. in the back of the end zone. That was unbelievable play. Yeah, but it didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it was second half. Bama showed up, so there you go. All right, Georgia, Bama, Ole Miss, one, two, three in uh, SEC order. Then you've got uh, – I've, I've moved Missouri over to number four this week. Moved them ahead of LSU, dropped Tennessee down after the loss to Bama, and I got the Missouri Tigers, 16th in the country, who beat South Carolina 34-12. That's nothing totally impressive, but the body of work for Missouri, I think, is there. They're on a bye week. Next week, they get the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens – but uh, a chance to to prove maybe they belong a tier or two up. I got the same teams. You know, I, I still, when I saw LSU play Missouri in Como, LSU beat them. So I still got LSU number four, uh, Missouri's number five, and Tennessee's number six. I mean, they played head-to-head, and LSU beat them at home. Right. So you have to give them the upper hand. Yeah, but, LSU's played a tougher schedule. But LSU only beat Army 62 to nothing. They right. covered. <laughs> I think it was fifty-eight. No, twice the, the boosters will like score the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and head to head, that's right. I just think Missouri's got the momentum moving forward, and LSU still got Bama ahead of them. I, and I'm getting a little bit looking out over the top of my skis on what's to come here. And that's why I moved Missouri up this week. Like if you had a top five of teams that were most likely to cover on a late score, LSU has to be in the top five. Yeah. You but, would think. But let me ask you this. If Missouri and LSU again played again last Saturday or this Saturday, I think Missouri might win that game this time. No, I think LSU's just got better athletes. Uh, Missouri couldn't stop them. 
Uh, I think when they had the ball and they they had a chance to yeah. win, they just they changed. And I think Drink was that's probably the only bad two minutes of coaching he's had the whole year. Yeah. So Missouri uh, at four, LSU at five, then I put Tennessee at six after their loss to Bama. Impressive first half. Forced Bama to uh, come back from the largest halftime deficit at home, I think, since 98. Uh, This week won't be easy either going uh, to Kentucky. Six o'clock Saturday night, Tennessee favored on the Bet Saracen app by three and a half. Tennessee have a hangover or they beat Kentucky this week? Well, there's a few things Tennessee football typically does. Beating Kentucky is one of them. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to think Tennessee's more balanced than Kentucky. And we'll still win that game. I love watching that basketball series. That's a great basketball series. I guess I yeah. need to invest in the the football as well because yeah. Arkansas is not playing this weekend. The, yeah. It used to be the beer barrel. I don't think that's correct anymore. So <laughs> it's I don't not know what we, not PC. I don't know what we play yeah. for now, but you know, it used used to be for that old orange and blue beer barrel. Honorable mentions in the Pradco Pyramid of Power in this order. A&M, who was on the bye last week. They play South Carolina this week. Florida gets Georgia this week. They are next on the list. Kentucky, then Mississippi State, Arkansas, Auburn, Vandy, South Carolina. Arkansas, along with Alabama, LSU, and Missouri, all on buys this week in the SEC. And that is your Pradco Pyramid of Power. Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, Mizzou, LSU, Tennessee. What numbers do you have, Arkansas? Uh, let's see. I had them behind state, obviously. Let's see, <laughs> I had them thirteen right above seven, Vanderbilt. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. I, I got, got thirteen. They're all, they're all in five in SEC. Who do you have them well, above? I mean, who do I have them above? Auburn, who's zero and four. Vandy, who's zero and four. South Carolina, who's one and four in the league. They're all the same guys. Nah. Uh, we'll find out. Arkansas's uh, gonna play Auburn in a couple weeks. We'll we'll find out. If we lose to Auburn, man, I, I with that offense, I mean that's. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and have an argument over who's 12th or 13th in the league. Uh, <laughs> I'll just <laughs> secede. You you can have that one, um, but um, you know, I mean, it is you know, it is what it is. None of those records near the bottom are any but, good. But here's the reality on all this: we're next to Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's the reality this morning on October the 24th in year four. We're next to Vanderbilt. That's good on ACT scores. That's bad on football record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this is a uh, this is not an ACT prep course that we're I mean, doing from six to nine. You've lost <laughs> you've lost two games you absolutely should have won at this point. And if you could have stolen one of the others, you know, obviously it's a much different deal. I mean, it's bad. It is bad at zero and five and two and six. But I I, I don't think. Just looking at two and six doesn't really tell the whole story. I just want to know what it was like to do sports radio when this team was winning ten games a year, or when they went to the SEC championship. Well, it was fun. I mean, you know, you know, we've had a we've had brief periods of that. Oh six, I was doing this show. Ten and eleven, doing this show. I mean, it, you know, it, it changed. But here's the problem with it: everybody agrees on, hey, we're just good. Well, that's fine with me. I would much rather do yeah. an agreeable show where no one was arguing and bickering yeah. about a team that was I'd rather again, have that. nine or teen wins than sitting here contemplating the idea that this team is closer to Vanderbilt than any of your SEC West competitors. But we're we're not at apathy. I mean, people care. I mean, clearly the 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 volume of callers we took yesterday and, it, and again today when we've had the phones open prove that, you know, people are have not turned it in. It's they had, had 70 plus thousand at the, yeah. at the, the Citadel game there was 35,000 and that was inflated. 
It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. The plan moving forward with this football team, with Dan Enos no longer being employed, Kenny Guyton shifts over. Here's what Coach had to say yesterday. I had a meeting with the offensive staff and called a lot of recruits. We're going to have uh, Kenny Guyton move to quarterbacks and he'll call the plays and Derek Keefe will be the wide receiver coach. He obviously was in that system at Alabama. I've been in meetings yesterday and today with the offensive staff. We're trying to eliminate some of the volume that we have offensively. Obviously, it was important that we stayed in-house so we wouldn't have a lot of terminology and things. we got to give our kids a chance to win. It's going to be fun next week to just see this football team, what they could potentially look like. Kenny Guyton's never called plays, y'all. This is going to be a tough one. I mean, you're going to a small place. Arkansas's never won, and you're expecting a guy that takes over in the bye week at offensive coordinator to do something. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be great next week. It's probably not, but I'm hoping it's just better than what you displayed this past Saturday. So what do we know about Kenny Guyton? Well, we know he's got his room intact. Here's what Coach said. I know he's been really good at handling his room. That's a guy that's respected. He has a lot of motivation. He was excited when I talked to him about it. The guys in the room were excited for Kenny. You know, I thought about it a lot Saturday night, What, which way I was going to go, how I was going to go, and things of that nature. And Bringing somebody in from outside right now didn't make a lot of sense to me simply because, I mean, to me, that's more of giving up on the season. And this is not what we're doing. We're just trying to make a change. Hopefully we can get our kids to play a little faster and, and tougher and things of that nature. I think there's a clip in that sound bite that's important. Again, they're not giving up on the season. And I know some of you have, and I get it. I'm not as emotionally invested with this football team as I was prior to the Mississippi State game. That took it out of me. Basketball really gets going on Saturday. My heart is and soul's now going to be in that. But I'm still going to be there next week. I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to hope this team somehow, some way pulls it out. And hopefully, they will give you some juice that gives you belief in these final four games starting next week at 11 o'clock against Florida. What you're needing is hope also to build on next year. I mean, and, and we're not in wait till next year mode, but we're pretty close. And what you've got to have down the stretch is some things to build on so you don't get crushed in the portal. And I mean players leaving that you need to stay here to be foundation blocks for next year. Um, yeah, you're, you've got some youth on that offensive line, but you don't want to start over there. You don't want those players necessarily all leaving. 
you've got some great defensive players you need to hold on to. There needs to be hope internal and external that, uh, hey, the ship, we've, we've recharted, we've recoursed, we're in the right direction. Uh, record is, it, you know, it's already suffered enough at this point um, for this year. But, hey, we're headed in the right direction for next year with different leadership. One of the guys that's giving you hope and that is on the side of the football that's been that is Landon Jackson. Saw that Mel Kuyper has him now as the number one defensive end on his draft board right now. Landon, again, had the best game of his life against Alabama, has been the leader in sacks and, I think, tackles for loss for team this year. Hopefully, we see him continuously to produce in that area. Just mentioned the game time. Arkansas will play Florida at 11 o'clock next week. That was announced by the SEC yesterday on ESPN2. Never beating the Gators in the Swamp. You beat them when you played in 2016 in Fayetteville, but it is a tough match to begin on ESPN2 next week. A lot of your road games have been early, which you That's take. Good. We'll take the, uh, you like to have the home games late and the road games early. Yep, you take on that. Last thing, Stanley Mude, former Arkansas Razorback basketball player, has signed a two-way contract with the Detroit Pistons. I know Coach Muss and his former teammates are happy about that, and hopefully Stanley will get eventually again just that full contract with the Detroit Pistons, not have to worry about playing G League ball at all. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, we haven't talked baseball just yet, but you Rangers fans, you're going to love rehearing this. Grounder to second. Two years removed from losing 100. The Rangers have won the pennant. And they will play in the World Series for the first time since 2011. Their first real chance to make a new World Series memory after the heartbreak of that 2011 season and plenty of heartbreak along this path that they've been able to overcome, that they've responded to. And they're the champions of the American League toppling the Houston Astros. Tommy, 11-4 last night. Weird series. So you start out in a 2-0 hole if you're Houston. Then Houston goes on to win three straight. And then you have the Rangers win two. So the home team lost every single game in the ALCS. Every single one. I don't know how many times that's happened in the course of MLB history. I would think maybe the first time ever. But that's what happened. In and, this series. And America cheered because I don't think anybody outside no. of Houston wanted the Strohs to win. So um, so now I guess we'll wait on the NLCS and see where uh, see where that thing mm-hmm. goes between they, Arizona and, and Philly. Arizona wins last night 5-1. to one. They've tied up the series. Final game again in Philly at 7 o'clock on TBS tonight. It will be on in the background. I won't be heavily invested, but I will be watching a little bit. First World Series game is this Friday. On Fox. Time has not been announced yet. If I had to guess, probably 7 o'clock. Our time, we'll have to wait and see. So you got the Rangers. I would think for an MLB draw, you'd rather have the Phillies. But the Diamondbacks, again, don't seem to be going away. Nope. And, uh, you know, you know, baseball's still trying to figure out household names. You know, you don't have your, what I would call, household franchises in there. But, uh, uh you know, you, you don't have you know the teams you thought you'd have. You know, the Dodgers would would have been one of those you thought, yeah, or Braves. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The Braves are a big brand. Didn't get any of those to uh, to the final uh, championship series. So uh, we'll see. I'll be interested to see what the numbers are on this when when we look back and see how how interested is America right now in this. You need Bryce Harper and the Phillies. 
And no, I don't know how many Diamondbacks fans we have listening to the program, but that's the lightning rod you need. Rangers, again, getting, that's kind of an underdog story. I and mean, they went the wild card route and somehow made it to the World Series, which is wild how that sometimes just happens. Um, I think Chuck's spoken to it. The time off you have as a, a winner uh, or a top seed hurts you in a lot of cases, like we've seen this year and years past. But they need Harper in this series to add some juice to the MLB. Because, again, you're going up. What are you going up against? You're going up against college football. You're going up against the NFL. I don't college basketball isn't that big of a deal. NBA's coming back. But this really is a meeting t- meaty time from sports. And you've got to be able to stand out somehow. He is your best bet to help that. Because if you're in Philly, you love him. If you're outside of Philly, you hate that guy. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Chris, I saw Drake Greenlaw making plays all over the field last night. I know he's going to be a big part of our Lindsey and Associates Pro Hog update. He certainly is, and we'll get to that in just a moment. First, I want to start with the Detroit Lions. You know, it was a rough week for me in the Pick'em Challenge. This was one of the games that I just did not see going like this. Frank Ragnow, the Detroit Lions, suffered a blowout loss on Sunday, 38-6 to the Ravens. The Lions, who are a pretty good rushing team, were held to just 84 yards on the ground. Did the Lions get exposed, or was this just a bad game? Ravens had a really good outing. I mean, Lamar Jackson was slinging it all over the field on Sunday, and uh, Detroit's offense couldn't get anything clicking. And uh, hopefully for Lions fans, it was just a bad outing. They still have pretty pretty much control of the NFC North. All right, Mr. Greenlaw returned to the field last night against the Vikings. They lost 22-17, to but, man, he had a great day. Eight solo tackles, which led the team. Now, on the Niners' side, are they going, just going through a bad stretch of games, or is this something more? They don't have Debo Samuel, who's one of the most versatile players in all the National Football League. Brock Purdy threw two interceptions last night, did not help out his defense, and the defense didn't get any sacks. While Gray had a great game, their defense overall let primetime Kirk Cousins beat them, yeah. which never happens. So, uh, Andre had his record like terrible it's and horrible, prime Tommy. Time. It's it's horrible. Thank yeah. God he threw it to Jordan Addison a couple times, a member of the, the proud Thunderducks fantasy football team. But, yeah, they uh, outside of Drake Greenlaw, not a lot of happy things that San Fran can take solace in this morning. Yeah, it sounds like if you stop their run game, they're kind of hard to beat if you or easy to easier to beat if you make P- Brock Purdy beat you. All right, the so, wa- hang on. What do we think of the 49? I know this is the the Pro Hogs up, David. What do we? They ties into Greenlaw. What do we think of the 49ers now after well couple losses oh, when we thought they were the class of the you're NFC. Thrilled if you're a Dallas Cowboys well, sure. fan or yeah. a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you're ecstatic. You're pumped. 
I mean, Niners don't look like the same team that they initially did in the first. Or do you feel worse that hey, now they've lost two games and they beat us? Ooh, yeah, that, that's kind of, that's yeah. crossed my mind too. But I mean, it sounds like when they're when they're when they're healthy, they're obviously clicking most of the time. But yeah, when they're when all their pieces aren't together, they look vulnerable. Five and two record for the Niners, Detroit, and uh, Philly at six and one ahead of Dallas, who's four and two. So. Um, that's kind of the, the standings right now. Right now, the, the Eagles are the one to beat. That's the NFL for you, and we'll get to another surprising game in a minute. The Washington Commanders' offense did not show up on Sunday, but their defense did in a 14-7 loss to the Giants. Cameron Curl had only one solo tackle. He assisted on two, but, man, that was an ugly game. <sighs> Looks like the Giants may be playing a little better yeah they uh chase uh chase Th- or thomas i think is his name the, the kid from ohio state defensive end was so mad after that game he should have been i mean the you, you lose to the giants this year you're yeah you're just it, it, it makes you want to pull your hair out in that situation all right Traylon burks and the titans did not play this week which might be a good thing for him because he's still trying to recover over that knee injury They'll play on Sunday against the Falcons. Yep. He's, I uh, think, going to be back this week. I know Titans fans are ready to see him back. Again, we said it last week. Say it again. Story of Traylon's career is not going to be about his on-the-field performance. When he's on the field, he's going to be a stud. But it's just the injuries that he's dealt with his entire life. And hopefully they leave him. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. Drake Greenlaw's gone, gone through some similar things. Both those guys can play in the National Football League. Unfortunately, their health is a detriment to them at times. One of the most surprising games of the day, Hunter Henry and, the, and Dietrich Wise contributed in their win against the, against the Bills 29-25, a huge upset. The Bills, looks like they're scuffling. This is this is a hard team to figure out. Yeah, they're reeling a little bit. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, people always make a lot out of that, and they have not been again the same team that they've been. Like they beat Miami, they drilled them one night, and then you lose to maybe the worst team or one of the worst teams yeah. in the National Football League. I don't care who's coaching that team. Patriots are awful. There's no excuse for losing to them, divisional game or not. Bills fans are rightly angry. Yeah, there, after this week, there's something weird going on in Buffalo. Uh, it seems like they've fallen off. Hunter had two catches, by the way, 27 yards. Dietrich had only one solo tackle. All right, Yolda Froholt and the Arizona Cardinals fell to 1-6 and six on Sunday, mustering only 10 points in their 20-10 to 10 loss to the Seahawks. That's just a bad offense. Job, Dobbs has had some okay outputs this season, but it's, for the most part, just a bad offense. Before we take Tom Murphy's call, let's take our friend J.W. in London's call, who's phoned in on the McCarty Daniel hotline. J.W., welcome in, man. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Um, uh, this weekend was one of those weekends. Uh, after the game, I was sitting out with a neighbor who's a diehard hog fan, too. We were uh, burning some brush, and we were watching it burn. And I said, the only thing I want to make for sure if they're going to keep me in the fold is I want to see that Mr. Biles get fired before Monday. And that came to pass. You mean Enos? Dan Enos? I mean Dan Enos. I'm sorry. Uh, Anyhow, uh, all these people who are criticizing uh, our coach for his press conference and his I don't know and that kind of stuff, I think you have to take a step back. 
Uh, he's done a great job, as far as I can tell, in recruiting his defensive staff. I think that they were never on the same page. And I hope, going forward, we have a different kind of thing about how the offense is going to work. And I, I am reinvigorated by that. I don't know that we're going to win, you know, I don't know how many games we're going to win in the future. But I just want to see us win those close games. I want us to be able to get the ball inside the 20 and score. And I guess in two weeks, we'll find out. That gives us some time to work out some kinks. But for all those people who are being real critical, I'm and, and everybody's talking about Sam like he's going to retire. He's only 61 years old. He had, could have several good years in front of him. And I am not looking forward to another coaching search, knowing who you're going to have to compete with in the Southeast Conference. I just think people need to kind of, you know, give the man a chance, see if he can ride the ship. And I, for one, believe he can. And I guess we're going to find out. But, you know, I don't call in GR often in the morning, but I listen every morning because uh, I'm an early morning guy uh, for sure. But anyway, thanks for doing what you all do, and thanks for taking my call. Thank you, J.W., and we see your text often. Uh, I think that's exactly what's happening. They're giving him a chance to right the ship. He's mm -hmm. made a, a staff change. I mean, let's not get too caught up in what's on message boards and social media and calls on radio shows. I mean, that's that's not the decision makers. Here, here's know? my... So I, I believe exactly what you're saying, J.W., is exactly what's happening right now. Here's my feeling. If you win two of the remaining four games, he's absolutely safe for next year. If you just beat FIU, you're teetering... If he loses out, you're asking for it. Win two, you're fine. Win one, uh, don't win any, you're asking for it. Win, you agree with that? Win four and you save the portal probably. Win four, you don't have a, a huge problem getting players in or losing players going out. Yeah. Let's welcome in our guy, Tom Murphy, back on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hog Sports, and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, once again, you asked Sam some good questions yesterday. I want to start with one of the things he said about them rolling the pocket. He said they practiced it, but then they didn't implement it in the games. Did you read the kind of the same thing I did, that there was definitely some frustration that didn't seem like Enos and, and Pittman connected on some of the stuff they were trying to implement during the course of the week? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, with Sam, he says some things, and then you have to kind of read between the lines on other stuff. And, um, yes, you could tell that there was a sense of frustration that what they worked on, maybe Enos didn't trust in the game. Maybe he didn't trust whatever, you know, past the protection they had or didn't trust the edge. You just don't know. Um, but if you take this from, you know, the big-picture view, he – Sam felt he had too much package, and I think that weighed it, it weighed on KJ's mind that you're not <clears throat> you're not just uh, seeing stuff and going with it. You're you're having to think it through, and you know people always play slower, and so you start maybe questioning the trust factor on what Enos was calling and what he believed in, and so yeah, uh, they practiced it, and then they get into the games and they they didn't run it. 
Um, and so if you're Mississippi State, you're just running your stunts. I mean, Lewis Riddick pointed out on the broadcast, they were running a lot of four-man rushes. Now, they did bring the safeties and corners some, too. But Nathaniel Watson, they'd just run a twist, and the lineman wouldn't pass it off correctly, and, and, and he got sacks out of it. So, um, and, then, and then the whole thing of, like, if something's working, let, let's stay with that. Um, and so there was clearly a disconnect. Um, I, think, I think, bottom line, I think Dan Enos' stubbornness and just doing what, you know, what he thought was going to work um, wound up costing him because uh, even when it was 7-3, to three, you felt like, well, you know, one touchdown, they, they can win this game. And, but you didn't feel like, you know, they're going to go down and do that. And, and if, if that's what the way fans felt, you know, imagine what players felt. I mean, they say, yeah, we knew we were going to go down and drive and score. But, man, it just – they had a bunch of drives after Mississippi State took the lead. They had nine, and they, and they didn't get it done. Tom, what do you think about Pittman's comments where he said before the game against Mississippi State, they were like home, boom, 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 He just didn't feel any life. And he also went on to say that he felt like the defense has played with life all year long under Williams – you feel like these offensive players ever fully connected with Dan Enos and fought for him this year? Maybe they didn't. Maybe there was a, a like a generation gap or a communication gap or just something. Certainly, there was an enthusiasm lapse. And as fired up as you see the, the defenders and you know Travis Williams and his staff have earned their keep. Um, and and probably at some point, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get raises and and move on and you know what i mean like move up in the industry and it just feels like dan enos might have reached the you know analyst uh type situation because of the you know lack of being able to get guys in really you know passion you know and so sam Pittman did admit though that's part of his deal he's got to get the offense playing with passion too so I don't doubt that the Florida game, we're going to see a, a spark to the team and all. Now, whether that will translate to points and staying on the field, moving the ball, remains to be seen. But like Kenny Guyton, um, and I hope I hope he can connect in terms of the overall picture and give the Razorbacks a chance to be in games from here on. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Going back to Saturday after the game, yesterday in the press conference, What's your thoughts on Sam's level of honesty? He's been open about some of the mistakes he's made, some of the in-game decisions. What's your take on how how much of an open book he's been here as of late? Yeah, sometimes probably too much of an open book. Um, basically, the lack of getting that 51-yard field goal was him, his indecision. And I, I don't know if the win was a factor, but you've got a guy who's made 10 field goals in a row or whatever, a bunch of them 50-yarders, let him go out there and slam it through and, and come within a point. If you're within a point, A, you've, you've scored in the second half, and B, uh, another field goal can win the game, and it's a lot easier to drive in the field goal range than it is to go down and score a touchdown. And uh, they just blew it. Um, we don't know if Cam Little would have made the field goal, but the chances were better that he makes it than he misses. And even if he doesn't make it, if you're worried about field position, your defense has been delivering basically all day long. The only drive they scored on, they got 33 yards. And I still question the Jaden Johnson tripping call. But anyway, uh, and, and they held Mississippi State the rest of the game. I mean, they didn't really get close to scoring position until 
Arkansas failed fourth down, then they then they missed a field goal. Do we see a different K.J. Jefferson beginning November 4th at Florida? Well, I hope so. I do think this gives him a, a mental, you know, refresh. Um, and, you know, I, I am assuming that he'll, uh, you know, connect with Kenny Guyton. They'll talk about the plays that he does best. They'll reduce the package and give him fewer things that he has to think about. Um, here's the thing. The Kendall Browns offense was was quite explosive, and, then and, you know, they could run the ball very well, and he just seemed like a be- better runner even. His passing percentage numbers had held up until the last couple of games, and, and they've dropped some. So I do believe we'll see um, an energized – I mean, he's got two weeks to recover and, you know, plug into the what Kenny Guyton is going to do, and he'll probably have a good bit of say, and here's what, I, here's what I'd like. And – um and I think it might give them a better chance to be a productive offense. Tom Murphy with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, we got about 30 seconds or so. Do you think Guyton plays his way into consideration for the OC job in 2024? Well, I'd like to think that he would. Um, you know, clearly this is going to be a, a strange offseason at Arkansas. I heard you talking about number of wins left, you know, you know, and what it would mean for Sam Pittman. Um but he laid it out there. We didn't straight up ask him, hey, are you playing for your job? He just said it. You know, my butt's on the line, I believe was his quote. Uh, but um, they want to win games. And, you know, I think I would like to think that Kenny Guyton will uh, will have a, a hand in who's hired as an offensive coordinator here in the offseason. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.